Welcome everyone to the Reality Check Wrestling Podcast. Make sure you follow us on our social media pages. Stay up to date with everything we are doing. We are on Instagram at reality underscore check underscore wrestling podcast. Or you can find us on Facebook by searching the reality check. Or you can follow my personal Twitter as well. Legion Cage. L-E-G-I-O-N-K-A-J-E. Uh, so we are a super fancy podcast, you may or may not know. And we have sponsors. So make sure you check out our sponsors. Watch Lily play. You can find her on Twitch by searching Dragon Lily 21 and Skeledud by searching Skeledud on Twitch as well. Give them a follow and hit their notification button so you know when they go live. Of course, I am not the only voice you're going to be listening to today. I'm joined by the one and only Jansen. How are you, good sir? I am doing just fine. I feel like that's a lie. I feel like you've got a lot of pent-up rage that you're about to unleash on the world. Oh, I'm trying to meditate through it. <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. That's what. That's why we have this platform. It's therapeutic, sir. <laughs> yes. it, at least in talking about our gripes with the wrestling world, anyways. So, <laughs> but um, yeah. So uh, in in the wrestling world, um, y- you know, still not not a ton going on, really. Um, you know, WWE and AEW are continuing to push through with empty arenas. Um rumors about the way things are going in Florida about them possibly being allowed to have fans in the performance center as they tape shows for WWE soon. Um, nothing coming to fruition just quite yet. Um, they did introduce that. Let, let's call it what it is. It's the wild card rule. It's back. Uh-huh. I mean, it, they can call it whatever they want. They can change however they want about whatever. But the fact of the matter is that people from certain shows are appearing on other shows because the roster of quote unquote big stars is pretty thinned out right now because most of them don't want to go to work and kind of rightfully so, I think, Um, you know, other companies like new Japan and ring of honor have completely shut down and, you know, they're, um, I, I would like to say that I really want to applaud New Japan for the way they're kind of handling things, uh, and they did throw some shade at the American companies in general. Um, uh, the president did like a um, video, and one of the things he held up and sh- like was a it was it was in English. It said New Japan Pro Wrestling will not be doing empty arena shows. So. Um, but they've been doing like all these YouTube videos, like with interviews with the stars, um, you know, uh, just kind of like random things, um, almost like almost like you'd expect for WWE, like talk show esque segments. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, they're doing stuff to try to keep their fans entertained. And um, the now I don't have the New Japan World streaming app anymore, but the amount of content that has English commentary on it from what I understand has more than doubled since this all started they have been doing a lot to try to keep their English fan base in so kudos to them but yeah um, a couple of the things that did happen recently obviously we had the money in the bank pay-per-view and we were just kind of talking for a second before it went on the uh, uh, before we started recording and, I mean, you call it a pay-per-view. 
It was extremely short. It was literally the, was it the shortest pay-per-view in history or was it just the shortest money in the bank in history? It might have been the shortest in history, but I saw something too that that was, it's all cut out part of Vince's plan right now until they can get fans in the stands. Having having shorter pay-per-views, which honestly to me is not a bad idea, period. I mean, look at the TakeOver formula. NXT TakeOver shows have been consistently two hours pretty much across the board. Now, granted, the vast majority of those are, I would assume, as a result of the fact that NXT as a whole was an hour-long episode show, um, and now they are two hours, but... I don't know. I think two. I think two and a half hours is honestly probably about a sweet spot for me. Yeah, you know, because you think I mean, you think about watching Raw and my God, three hours of Raw. Ugh. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, like, I mean, you said you only saw half of the show, <laughs> uh, but I. I was more entertained and thought that there was better quality matches on this Money in the Bank. And I don't know if it's just because WrestleMania was WrestleMania, you know? And I was expecting something grander, and it didn't come out that way. Um, mm-hmm. But I felt like, I mean, like the the World Championship matches were absolutely better than Mania. Uh, well, Drew and look, look at the opponents, fantastic. though. Well, I, I mean... know. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, but I'm just saying, like, how is it possible that, you know, one month removed from WrestleMania, like, you were able to have these feuds in place? You know? Mm. Like, it, it, it's, a, it's a testament to the fact that we don't need these part-time gimmicky people to have great matches and you know all this stuff i just like to, uh, on a whole i i was i had i was much more entertained during the money in the bank than i was during most of mania and that's fair that's completely fair um i will say that um you know, when I when I started watching it, it was right around eight o'clock because that's when I thought the pay per view started. Um, so when we turned it on, we were in the middle of the Braun Strowman Bray Wyatt match, and we only caught like the the end of it, like where Braun had been thrown out of the ring and he put the mask on. You know, and leading up to that point, I didn't realize that it was actually that he was facing Bray Wyatt and not the Fiend, which is good because that means that they can set up Braun versus the Fiend at a later point in time. Well, and they kind of alluded to that at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then the, the Drew Seth Rollins match, I mean, that match was a super solid match, and I had no doubt in my mind that it would be. So, I mean, you think about it, you had Braun versus Bray, and then you had Drew versus Seth. That's infinitely better on paper already than Goldberg versus Braun Strowman or Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre, because... I, and and I'm not saying that Brock can't have a good match still at this point, but he has to have the right person to have a a, a good match with, and they can't the the types of people that he can have a good match with 
are the types of people that they just let him steamroll over instead of giving him the opportunity to have a match. Brock works very well with lighter opponents. You know, look at his match of uh, SummerSlam a couple years ago with AJ Styles. That match was great. Um, and it was because Brock works better with a lighter opponent who can offset, you know, his power and their speed. They they mesh well in that regard. Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet at Crown Jewel or whatever the heck the last, you know, Saudi pay-per-view was could have been a great match, but they I let mean, Brock squash him. The last Saudi pay-per-view ever. We can only hope because the Saudi pay-per-views, all they do is they do bring those part-timers back for that kind of crap. I know. And then it just annoys, uh, you know, us, the fans. And it annoys uh, the superstars. I mean, like, there's not – if you probably polled an anonymous poll of the WWE, like, wrestlers and asked them if they felt that they should go there, I guarantee you all of them say no. There's – True. Like, there's so much junk surrounding all of that. that Especially after what no happened way. in last year's uh, Saudi pay-per-view with them getting stuck there for – detained for, like, 10 hours or whatever it was. Yeah. Yeah. So so you're saying more so the fact of the that they're going to Saudi not because they're not because well, they're both. bringing <laughs> both. I mean yeah. Well, you know, that's the thing. I I think I think Vince doesn't really realize like it's the same like we were talking about with Charlotte on the last episode, right? Okay. Now my thoughts about Charlotte Flair being kind of overrated aside, um you know, and 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 I will say to tangent for a second i i've kind of reflected on that and thinking back at rick flair rick flair's career i get it she is pretty much a carbon copy of him as 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 a female so i get it i understand it and he was he you know he he doesn't say to be the man you got to beat the man just because it's just a, a cool saying or whatever i mean he was the man for decades um but it's the same idea as Charlotte Flair defeating one of the hottest upcoming talents at WrestleMania. Vince is like, oh, well, NXT ratings need to be better because we want to beat AEW. So let's put the title on Charlotte because she is one of the hottest commodities on in wrestling women right now. And and, and I'm not saying it's it's not a good idea on paper, especially considering she's on Raw, so that means she's going up against Becky Lynch who, up until this past week, was arguably the hottest thing in female wrestling still. Um, Or maybe since WrestleMania, since we really haven't seen her since WrestleMania. But, so now you have two big names, like, trying to clash on Raw. Okay, well, if we put her on NXT, she'll raise the ratings, right? Wrong. NXT's ratings have consistently gone down and that's not because that the product is bad and it's not because they put the title on Charlotte but they haven't been able to beat AEW and both of their ratings are going down at a time when people are doing nothing but sitting at home watching TV your ratings are consistently going down there's a bigger problem there that you need to address and I and I don't think they're addressing it I think they're just trying to slap a band-aid on it with the whole Charlotte Flair thing well, I think, it, did you, I mean, have you seen any of the expanded numbers? 
No, admittedly, I don't, I don't, I don't really pay attention to the ratings in general a whole lot, anyways. Well, I think that but, the uh, ratings I are look at the big one. Yeah, I, I think that the art, like the ratings, like there's so much sway put on ratings, like you know how many viewers they've had, you know, live or whatever. But this is not. That's not a good measure of a company's success. No, or it's a show's not. success anymore. I mean, you have to, you have to account in, you know, stream like, like post live stream views and things like that. So I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't worry too much about those numbers. Yeah, and well, but un- unfortunately, uh, Vinnie Mac. That's all. That's all he is going to look at because, at the end of the day, that's that's all the advertisers look at. You know, if if you have, if you have your sponsorship with Snickers, okay, and you know, I know you're talking about the expanded numbers. You know, getting into the demographics and everything, and Snickers' target demographic is the 18 to 49 category, um, right? And they're doing awful numbers in that demographic, then it's going to be like, uh, why are we bothering to prom- like sponsor you? Why are we giving you millions of dollars to try to promote our brand when the people that we want aren't there? Yeah. So I get why they, I get why they look at them. I just think, I think they need to worry more about just the entertainment portion of things versus trying to, cram something down our throat to raise numbers. Yeah. But um not even sure how we got back on that topic at this point now anyways. Welcome to the Random Tangent podcast again folks. We appreciate you listening to us. Mm-hmm. Um I think we were on Money in the Bank in some way yeah. shape or form. Oh, we were talking about part we were talking about Money in the Bank then we got talk- talking about part-timers. And why they raise like bring them in to try to raise ratings and all it does yeah. is peeve people off. Um, okay. Uh so back to money in the bank. I mean, like, you know, we had talked uh previously about how like they did the Boneyard match and the uh funhouse match at WrestleMania, and that both of those were absolutely genius. Um Obviously, they did another cinematic match with the Money in the Bank this time, having both the men and women competing at the same time, running through WWE headquarters to try to uh, get to the top uh, and grab the briefcase. Um, That match was incredibly well done, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, It had a lot of good action. Um, It had uh, the right amount of comedy moments, I think. Um, yeah. Some of them I disagreed with. Um, uh, Paul Heyman is is a wrestling business genius, and they decided to have him sitting at a catering table, about to like gorge himself before a food fight segment. Um, I I thought that was kind of dumb. I liked it. I, I liked it overall because we ended up with a food fight segment, which was entertaining. But it, it was it was still kind of like I mean I don't know this match. This match had everything, though. It had, it had brother love. It had, <laughs> I it love had, you. It had people power. It had 
Vinny complete Mac? with Scooter. Oh. Complete with Scooter. Oh, Vin- Vince McMahon's segment was my favorite. Holy cow. I lost my stuff twice. I lost it when I watched it live or whenever that night. And then I rewatched it with the podcast princess the next day. So I was like, honey, you got to see this match. And so, and I lost it again. Like, you know, Daniel Bryan and AJ get fight into Vince's office and then they just apologize. Making, making two of the biggest stars in wrestling today, like, sorry, sorry, sorry. And then they go to leave and then they go back and put the chairs back. And yeah. No. It they was, even had Joint the Clown. It did. It did. Um, I, like, I don't know. Some, some of the, some of the, you know, looking back, some of it maybe is not as cringy as uh, it was. I will say the the cringiest moment belongs to uh, to Hummel's boy, uh, King Corbin. I can't even remember what he did. He he threw someone or, or beat someone down, and it's right before we go to the roof, and he just kind of like, oh, stops and is like, I'm going to the roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah no was... crap, dude. That's where you're supposed to go. Congratulations, yeah, why... you figured something out. Why would you just yell it in an empty, in a room that where there's just <laughs> opponents down on the ground? Yeah, it was it, you know just. Uh, and speaking of Corbin, Corbin needs fired. Cor- <laughs> Corbin should have arrest warrants out for him for murder for murder because he straight up threw. I mean, I come on, like when you're watching it live, you go, did he just throw them off the roof? Like. One right after the other. Yeah. Just, which to me was like, really? Ray and Alistair Black. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I would have been okay if Corbin got dumped over there. But like, like, and I mean, you're obviously, I mean, like the shots and stuff show like they, I mean, there was like plenty of space all around that ring. But oh, yeah, yeah. it was still funny, a funny shot of just like, yeah, I'm just going to go chuck this person. It looks like they just threw him off the roof and yep. nobody cares. We're just going to keep on trucking. Like, yep. I didn't I didn't think they realized the backlash that they would get from that because they backed out on that like real quick on um, like Monday afternoon. And they were like, tonight, uh, Ray Mysterio and Aleister Black will team against uh, Seth Rollins and Murphy. and Everyone's like, okay. And then they're like, don't worry, don't worry. They were completely fine. They, they they actually fell on a slightly lower portion of the roof. They didn't go all the way off the building. Okay. Yeah, so basically we know. It, was, it was because it was because there were people out there, you know, who is still real to me, damn it. And they were uh <laughs> they were calling for Baron Corbin to be arrested for murder. So uh, I got a I got a point on that too. Okay. You want me what to know? Yeah, go for so, it. So, since we're talking about, I, I know that we're, this is our wrestling tangent. We should just re- rename this thing to the wrestling tangent. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, that comedian Tom Segura. <laughs> um, you know, I I saw I saw a little bit about this. Uh, basically, like he, so like went hard on wrestling fans and wrestlers. Well, it and it wasn't so when you watch the clip, 
and and the only reason why I'm mentioning this is because a number of wrestlers have chimed in and have gotten heated, you know, with him or whatever. But and it's not like I'm trying to further this agenda, but you know, really, uh, the whole the whole thing centered around Tom Seger is on this podcast or radio show or whatever, and he's saying how how um, wrestling fans that believe that it's real are uh, he in in his words like he was and i'm paraphrasing here obviously it was like basically saying that they were like mentally challenged um and how it's like the worst form of entertainment ever and all of this stuff and it's not a sport it's not a real competition and all this stuff and it's like and on on like and i'm if you're out there and you're believing that this is real this is not I mean, I don't know what, I mean, era, I mean, you can suspend disbelief for a while, you can enjoy the, the show, just like you suspend disbelief when you're watching Game of Thrones, but, like, I mean, I'm not sitting there thinking, oh, dragons, like, dragons are real, you know, you know, but it's about the entertainment factor, and, you know, but same time. So Tom Segura goes on there and he says, and he, he says all this stuff about how, you know, wrestling fans are, you know, are mentally challenged and all of this stuff. And, and just trying to, he was just playing the heel bad guy, just trying to get over. And I, I, I was like, okay, I see what you're doing because I'm a wrestling fan. Like, I see what you're doing. You are going for the lowest hanging fruit. You're saying the same things that everybody's ever said ever. And then he also said that he has a lot of respect for wrestling and that there's no way that any, like that the only people that can do this are the people that go in that ring and do it pretty much because I'm fairly certain that that man was afraid for his life. Mm. I mean, if new Jack had caught in wind of what he said, then it was going to be bad news. Mm. Mm-hmm. Or the Iron Sheik. Man, New Jack, uh, like, God, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. I know, right? Yeah. It's craziness. So, yeah, that was my, that's my contribution to the wrestling tangent. <laughs> I'm sure it won't be the last one today, anyways. I'm sure. But, yeah, uh, overall, uh, you know, it, you know what? I got one more beef with Corbin. Okay. Like, why, why do they push him? He, like, or maybe not, maybe it's not him. It's maybe just how they decide to, you know, put him out there. Oscar is going up for the briefcase. Right, Oscar eventually wins. She is your yeah. Uh, well, she was Miss Money in the Bank, uh, which we'll get back to that in a minute. And Corbin climbs the ladder to try to stop her from winning. Corbin, yeah. she's on the other show. She's a woman, so like she's not going to prevent you from winning. Why would Corbin try to stop Oscar from winning the briefcase? That made that made less sense than I'm going to the roof. Exactly. I'm sitting there going, what? 
is Corbin is Corbin thinking of a gender change? I mean, is he thinking that he could get the women's briefcase and then he can curry favor with the ladies? I mean, uh, I'm I'm really sure he's regretting not grabbing the women's briefcase at this point now, but I mean But yeah, just, uh, yeah, I agree with you. That did not make sense. Made zero sense. Like again, and they did a fairly good job of most part of keeping the men and women separate during most of the match anyways. Um you know, there were a couple times they interacted, but for the most part they were kind of in separate parts of the building. It just I don't know, it, it made zero sense that Corbin would stop her. Um now, again, going back to that point of he probably wishes he would have tried to grab the women's briefcase because Asuka was actually not just Ms. Money in the Bank. She actually, the following night, became um, the Raw Women's Champion <laughs> because inside the briefcase, quote-unquote, was Becky Lynch's title belt because the man is going off to become the mom. Uh, Becky Lynch is indeed pregnant uh, by her fiancé, Seth Rollins, uh, and has vacated the title to Asuka. Um, they did try to put it a storyline, and like that was the whole reason why this unique version of Money in the Bank came up is because Becky Lynch was going to have to vacate the title, and uh, she wanted to make sure that uh, whoever won was "quote unquote" worthy of the, uh, her championship belt. Um, but uh, so I- I'm going to say congratulations to Becky and Seth Rollins uh, for welcoming their first child in December. Um, even though that probably means we're never going to get the same Becky Lynch in the ring again, but Hey, if they're happy, that's all that matters, right? Yeah. So good job to them. Um, so, um, looking a little bit at NXT, uh, and we kind of we didn't we didn't do uh, an episode last week. Um, as usual, certain things get in the way, and there was Mother's Day, and Mother's Day is a little bit more important than you know. Sadly, it's a little bit more important than me and Jansen here in BS about mean, wrestling and, for an and hour and, if, and a half. And if Mister T's <laughs> Hall of Fame. Has uh, taught us anything. Has taught us anything. It's that you need to love your mother. My mama. Your mama. Yes, all about the mama. Um, but uh, so going back to last week uh, on NXT, so Karrion Cross finally made his official debut. Um, what did you think about that? Dope entrance. It it was. Um, I was watching it with uh, Veronica, and um, we were kind of like, both like, "Okay, all right then." So like, I don't uh, like his finisher though. You don't like the cross jacket? It's like the most awkward cross face chicken wing I've ever seen in my life. It's um, it's essentially a headlock. Like, if you're going to do something, like, uh, Matt Hardy, of all people, on AEW, I know we're, I, I will, I'm just, he busted out a move that would be perfect 
for Karrion Cross. He basically Matt Hardy of all people. Okay, mm-hmm. like I, I thought I've seen all moves that Matt Hardy could do, but apparently not. Because he's busting out new ones in AEW, and I'm like, uh, what? Why did you not do this before? <laughs> but he did, like, he had somebody up um, in, like, a razor's edge, but then popped them up into a powerbomb. Not, like, a razor's edge powerbomb, but, like... A sit-out powerbomb. And, yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, that would it... be... Like, it's technically and, and, called, uh, I believe it's technically called a, sma- a Splash Mountain Powerbomb. Um, Roman Reigns actually used to do it. it. used to be one of his finishing moves before they dumbed him down to the stupid man punch and the most either, generic spear in the world. Either that or what the Murder Hawk does. I mean, the Murder Hawk has... Um, it's an inverted one, it. right? Well, like, I mean, he like basically just chucks the person over his head and just slams him down on the ground. Like, it's it's pretty sweet, too. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I mean, so, but, you know, those, like, like, for me, like, those guys, like, new, like, new guys that look like they're supposed to have power, it's the same problem that I have with uh, Brody Lee, Mr. Brody Lee's finisher in AEW. It's a, it's a lariat. It's, it's a discus lariat. Yeah. Like, it's a clothesline. Like, yep. I'm sorry. It's, this it's is not, not. It's not even. A this is not the 1970s. <laughs> this is. This is not the 1970s or 60s where you've got Stan Hansen out there just murdering people with an elbow, like, mm-hmm. you know, do something. I mean, you got your your signature move or your finishing move says a lot about the person. And the is more, that why you have such a problem with Okada? Probably. <laughs> I get it, you know, uh, and and I totally I totally agree. I will say I I don't know. There's something about when Okada hits the Rainmaker that, like, it it literally is just a clothesline, but something something about it. I don't know. Well, and the same at the same token, uh, Jericho goes over to AEW and he invents this new move called the Judas Effect, which is essentially it's just a back elbow. Yep. It's a it's... running back elbow. Yep. And like they they sell that thing like it's the bionic elbow. Like it's like Mr. Perfect's or not Mr. Perfect, uh, Lex Luger's narcissist elbow. Like what the heck? It, it's it's a what's the word I want to use? It it, it it's a, in my opinion it's a mockery of such a great song. <laughs> Yeah, like it. It just the fact that they call it the Judas Effect just makes me weep for the fact that I love that song so much. But anyhow, back to Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross, oh, he's yeah. got a great look. He's got a great valet manager, whatever you want to call her. Apparently, um, Scarlett actually did the vocals on on his song too. Did she really? Yeah, I read Good that Scarlett her. actually did it. So, um, it's it's nice that they're definitely. You know, they're they're real life boyfriend girlfriend. Um, so they're utilizing them together. Uh, they're utilizing the talents of them. Um. So, uh, now I I will disagree about the cross jacket. I think. Um, I think he hit it kind of weird on 
uh, it was Leon Ruff that he faced. Um, I think that it was maybe a slight miscommunication from Ruff um, that it ended up falling weird. Like, because he kind of, like, caught him into it. Yeah. So, um, but it, uh, I think, I, overall, I, I, I think there's, this is going to be, uh, I, I think this is going to be one of the big acquisitions of WWE as they wanted it to be. Well, and I think, I think you're right. I just, and, and I, Again, I'll need to see it again, but that the first one that I saw, I was like, that looks awkward AF. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, so fast forward one week to this past one. Uh, DX announced that on the 25th anniversary, or th- this year is the 25th anniversary of the first In Your House event, the next NXT TakeOver will be titled takeover in your house um so that's gonna happen here in i think it was july uh was the uh was the date for it so that's gonna be kind of cool i like how they even reused the logo but like added the nxt portion into it yeah so that's a pretty awesome thing and it's nice to see that we're going to be getting um uh uh, takeover back since we did not truly get uh, NXT takeover uh, Orlando or Tampa. I'm sorry. Uh, June 7th. Oh, actually, no. So it's actually pretty quick. So it's not going to be this coming weekend. It'll be the f- following weekend. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So that'll be cool. Um, it'll be interesting to see how, because that means they got to move quickly on these storylines. There are no atta- there are no announced matches for it. We got to fill in. I mean, one of them we can already guess. We're gonna get Charlotte versus Rhea in a rematch, um, and hopefully they'll end their their Charlotte experiment. Um, I don't know who you think who you think uh, Adam Cole won facing. You think he'll face the Dream again, or you think maybe Gargano Cross? Well, did he face Balor? No, but ba- uh, Balor's entering a program with um, Damian Priest. So, are you kidding me? Oh yeah, you didn't see that. Yeah, uh, Damian Priest was was revealed to be the person who attacked Balor a couple weeks back. Um, and so now they're going to be in a program together for a minute. <laughs> And I would assume probably culminating at, in your house, because I know that I know that the plan was that Balor was going to be facing Walter, and more than likely winning the UK Championship because they were going to be doing Takeover uh, Dublin. Yeah. So of course they want they're going to want Finn Balor to kind of go over on that. So I think they're just entering him in a small program until they can we can get past enough of COVID to be able to uh, put him back in the UK program. Cause I mean, UK is completely suspended right now. Like they're, uh, they're airing matches and stuff, but it's like one of those kind of like how they were doing for two Oh five for a minute where it was like, Oh yeah. You know, like I'm so-and-so and these are some of my favorite matches. Check them out. 
Um, but yeah, so uh, I, like, does not look like Balor is going to be possible in that mix. So I don't know. I I really don't know who they would push up there that quickly unless they're just going to have the dream face Cole again. Which I mean, I I still believe that. I mean, it's been very quiet on the stuff that was uh, going on as far as he was accused of. So I don't know if they're going to try to sweep that or if it's you know just kind of been forgotten about already or whatever. But I well, mean. Dream is going to be champion at some point, anyways, right? I you hope, <laughs> but I, mean, I don't necessarily want to take the belt off Adam Cole, but yeah, somebody he's got to lose it to somebody eventually. Yeah, it's one of those things like who's who do you want it to be to? I I mean, Velveteen Dream absolutely deserves is the belt. only one who he does, and he's the only one really I think that makes sense right now. Yeah. If if we're being honest. So. Yeah, because I mean, you can't really have Gargano going for it because it's heel heel. It just doesn't fit right. Yeah, and especially considering last year was full of Gargano Cole, anyways. Yeah, like at, at some point you got you got to try something different. I mean, don't get me wrong; those were some of the best matches of the year. I don't think anyone argue that point. It's just at some point you you got to go with someone else. Yeah. Um, speaking of NXT UK, not to kind of drive away from this subject currently, but it, it kind of affects it. So NXT UK obviously has been suspended right now, right? Because of everything going on. Yet Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel are in the States. Um, I'm not sure if they made it over here before the travel ban. Did they get stuck here because of the travel ban? I don't know, but the decision was made to use them. And they got rewarded. They got rewarded. Yeah, Imperium is now the NXT Tag Team Champions. Uh, it's the second NXT UK Tag Team that has won the uh, main NXT belts. Um, and, of course, this all stemmed from the what we knew would be the inevitable implosion of the Broserweights anyways, even though it's not technically the Broserweights. Um, Riddle, Monkey Flipped one of the Imperiums into his corner while Thatcher took a shot from it and got knocked down and apparently got, I don't know if there was a little bit more building up to this point or what, but apparently got so miffed on the fact that he got hit as a result of his own partner. He walked out on it. So it became a handicap match, two-on-one against Riddle, resulting in Imperium winning the titles. So the the quote-unquote broserweights have imploded, um, and we have new tag team champions. And so that means that the NXT tag belts are kind of out there, like who goes after them for In Your House. Kyle O'Reilly's not going to come back to work for a minute. He's got type 1 diabetes. He's He's not... He's not cleared to work, <laughs> like at all. Um, so that means UE's probably out. Do we have other tag teams in in NXT? <laughs> I mean, who are who are our tag teams? <laughs> I I and that's the question. I mean, because I mean they called quote unquote called up the Forgotten Sons. Who knows why? 
Um, Only Vince. Yeah. Like, I mean, that, that team could have done better, or would have done better, <clears throat> down in NXT. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, the tag team division there has been pretty picked over. Yeah, I'm I'm looking I'm looking at the list now, and uh, unless they give the random shot to Odin and Danny Birch, I don't even see an oh um, Bivens, Malcolm Bivens' team, Rinku and Sarov. What? Um, there. I mean, there's a tag team right there. Um. I mean, if, uh, what's wrong with Fandango right now? Dislocated elbow. I mean, we could yeah. always get, we could always get a Brizango reunion, union, um, just for a random title shot. Um, yeah. honestly, I, I think it's kind of crap that Tyler Breeze was not included in the interim tournament anyways. Yeah. But I mean, whatever, yeah. what do I know? <laughs> hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's kind of like a lot of what's happening in, uh, oh, we didn't even hit the major subject yet. All right. We're going to hit the major subject and this, this will probably take up the rest of our time. Cause I'm looking at our time and we promise to try to keep it around an hour today. Um, so speaking of interim championships, this time they're not going with an interim champion, but the intercontinental championship has been vacated due to Sami Zayn being unable or realistically unwilling to defend the title. Sami Zayn last defended the last wrestled at WrestleMania successfully defending his championship against Debray um and has been unwilling to return to work for the time being. And they have made the decision to strip him of the Intercontinental Championship and start a tournament to declare a new champion. Um, Sammy's taken to Twitter, obviously disagreeing with the whole thing. Um, there's a lot of reports out there that saying that he may want out of his contract, and this might have been like kind of you know the tipping point for him, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I mean, they finally gave him something. Yeah. You know, why why do you want out of your contract now? But Well and there too it might Too it little might, too late. Well, it might it might be that, it might be just the work. It might be you know, I mean it it fits his character, you know. It fits mm-hmm. the the you know, this is um you know, like this is oppression you know, kind of thing. Um, so, I mean, I, I you can't really say that, you know, him saying something on Twitter is 100% like not a work. Um, but I just, I, uh, it pains me. This, this makes me, this is the same scenario as the Cruiserweight, but like on a grander scale because it's the intercontinental and it makes me so mad and Rob can attest that when I found out about that news, I go, are you kidding me? Like they stripped Sami Zayn 
because he didn't wrestle for a month. And yet, <clears throat> and yet Brock Lesnar was able to hold the most major title in your company hostage for years. Mm-hmm. And I mean years. Like, you saw that man very rarely. And when he did, he put on awful matches. And, like, and it's not to say anything bad about about Brock Lesnar because him as a worker can be very good, like we've mentioned. Like, if you put him in in a program and actually have him do more than suplex people and F5 people. Mm Mm-hmm. He's very good. The fact that he went through like half of the Royal Rumble and I was like like it was a psychological build like and it was good. Like it was good. But it's I mean I cannot believe like I like I cannot believe that they're like oh yeah, let's, we're just going to strip this person because they they are following like you know safety guidelines and they don't feel comfortable doing this and whatever like i I, if if you're going to let me just say this if you're going to punish Sami Zayn for this then roman doesn't get a pass i don't want to see roman anywhere near the world championship i don't think you'll have to worry about that honestly (laughs) I mean, I just like I don't want to see him coming coming back and being like I come in and night one be like, Yep, I'm challenging Braun Strowman because I didn't get my shot and win the channel. Like I do not want to see that. Because mm-hmm. that's that's not fair to like you're like WWE is constantly setting horrible precedents for stuff. They're like, oh, yeah, sure. You can be a part-time wrestler. You don't actually have to show up every single night, um, which, you know, is probably what Sami Zayn was thinking when he's like, oh, you know, I can hold the title and not be around for a while. Mm -hmm. Because Brock's done it for years. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, he's not as big of a draw as Brock. and, And I get that, but... At the same time, and this is the same argument that we've said multiple times for the part-timers, is that, like, you're not building anybody to the next generation of legends. I mean, you're you're burying your current product at the expense of some nostalgia acts. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least AEW is doing it right with their... Nostalgics. They're making them managers. They're using them for, you know, like trainers and things like that. Like you can still get the pop. You can still get, you know, you know, a little bit of the rub from the other person, but they don't have to hold the major titles. And, Hostage. Yeah. Okay. Now, here, here's one thing I will say about that. You know, I'll play devil's advocate really in uh, in the fact of Brock Lesnar shows up, wins the title, goes away for three months at a time, 
comes back, shows up. You know, I, I get it. Everyone's like, oh, it's a big, it's it makes it a big match feel. It, it's you know, it's because it that's this that's the same as you know he would be if he was defending in UFC, yada yada, blah 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 blah, all that kind of crap. Like, okay, so I get it, and I will say that while I still agree disagree with the whole thing. And we were talking about this, I believe, I can't remember if we had started a recording or not, but Brock Lesnar can still go. Don't get that wrong. The problem is he, and he's gone on record stating this, that he works best with like the lighter people. People, you know, just over the 200 pound mark. And, not, and it's not just because he can throw them around, but it's because they can it offsets his power to their speed. Hey. Right? Yeah. Right. You know how you said that, right? What? What What you just said about Brock. What about it? I want you to remember that. Okay. Because cause it plays into my my uh, reworking of a certain superstar. Oh, okay. All right. Um. But, uh, you know, Brock's got on record stating he likes working with the lighter superstars versus the big BB heavyweights. And um, so, like, you look a couple years ago, like his match with AJ Styles, and that was fantastic. At Crown Jewel, we should have gotten treated to an amazing match between Ricochet and Brock Lesnar. But someone, we won't mention names, decided that Brock was just going to go out and completely squash ricochet um so like he while he can have these matches like he gets sometimes put in a situation where again someone who shall not be named just wants him to go out there and squash these little guys because you know he has a a big man crush on big muscles now that being said, I'm going to defend Brock Lesnar's ability to actually be a champion. I would much rather have Brock Lesnar be a champion as opposed to Goldberg. Because Goldberg oh. cannot go at all anymore. That that has been proven evident by the last two runs <clears throat> that he has had in this company. And they have been absolutely atrocious. Again, like, you have to look at, like, when for all things being considered, I mean, like, there's always that argument of, you know, is the is the belt a prop, you know, that sort of stuff. <clears throat> but I mean, <clears throat> it, it's one of those things. Like, you know, what what are they out there fighting for? Like, what? Are, like, why why do they go out there and put their bodies on the line? Why would they go do all of this stuff? Why would they, you know, like, why would they do any of this? You know, what's the purpose? Well, the purpose is that they're constantly trying to vie for the championship, right? Like, that's the... Mm -hmm. That is the prize. That's the prize. Like, that's the ultimate end goal. You want to be the champion, you know? That means you are the best in the world. Yes. You know, and I think that that's something that they've gotten away from. Like, they like they want to, like... They want to say that, you know, like, oh, yeah, you know, like, whenever you're the WWE champion, you're the best in the world or whatever. <clears throat> but yet they don't treat the belt like it's like the top prize. They treat it as like 
a, you know, like a gimmicky prop that they can just do whatever they want, mm-hmm. which, you know, and, and obviously, you know, it's Vince's company for now and he can do whatever he wants to do and that's fine. But at the same time, like you're harming, you're doing more harm than good with these sorts of things. Yeah, because you're not getting you're not getting the superstars, like you you said it multiple times before. You even said it earlier in the show. You're not yeah. helping create the legends of tomorrow. You're continuing to perpetuate. You're actually, I'm gonna take it a step further. You said you're you're continuing to you know just like try to make a quick buck or whatever off these nostalgics. You know what they're doing with they're them? harming. They're Future harming. Nostalgia. They're harming, well, they're not just harming, like, the future of the company. They're harming these people's legends. Like, okay, Goldberg was a legend, all right? Now he's a flippin' joke. I'm sorry. No. It needs to be said. And I I agree. Like, I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to lie. When Goldberg came back, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I'm okay with this. Like, let Are you talking about back. like when he first came back? Yeah, when Lesnar. he first came back, and he was like, you know, he's like, oh, I want to, you know, I, you know, I want to show my son what I do and all this stuff, and I'm like, okay, good for you. Like, I like it, I dig it, you know, and and that was all well and good, but then they're like, oh yeah, let's go ahead and give you the championship too. Like, no, you like, I, I get that you've done a lot for the business and you've, you know you've been around and all that stuff, but you know, does that mean that, you know, pick any random wrestler from the past, you know, just because they have been around for a while, they can just step in and, you know, be champion. Like Doink can have a world Doink can have a world wrestling, uh, you know, championship run. Like, uh, I think that's a little extreme. I know, I, but I, I'm get, just I, get, I get your point. Your point but, is, is being made, but, but yeah, and I I get that you know Goldberg was a lot more bigger uh, of a big deal than Doink the Clown. I get it, but I'm just saying that you know when you like and and like I said too, the they're they're using all these nostalgics, but at the same time, they're you're not building any new future nostalgics like yep. there's i mean you have what john cena but john cena's off making movies you think he's going to show up i mean we like it was completely shocking that the rock actually came back like mm-hmm. i mean that guy didn't need to come back but he he did you know yeah. and, and i respect him for that you know like goldberg for all things being considered mm-hmm. you know didn't need to come back but he did you oh know? and i completely like Exactly what you said. I respected his reason why yeah, he came but back because he wanted to show his son who was too young when he actually was doing it or maybe not even alive. I don't know. I don't remember how old his kid was, um, but he wanted to show him what what his daddy was like truly famous for. And OK, so you do that. Get the Hall of Fame induction. Yeah, sweet. All right. Good. You put him against what? the top heel. You put him against a top heel that doesn't need a... Like, you could have put him against AJ. You know? 
and AJ would have given Goldberg a good match, you know, and I, I know, I, I know, I don't want to book it that way either, but I'm just saying, you can, you know, you have a high-profile match like that, you know, and AJ can at least hang, and and I'm, I'm saying, like, a high-profile heel that can carry a match. Okay. And to me, AJ Styles is one of the best. Yes. Yeah, you no, and, and no one will disagree in that point. It just it it's it, it still boils it still boils down to the fact that they are that they are harming the future trying to capture this nostalgia. And like I said, they're they're taking they're taking certain people and really just making them a joke. Like Look back at the Brothers of Destruction versus Degeneration X from Crown Jewel last Whoa. year or the or the year before. Like I like I have a lot of respect for those four competitors, but I don't I don't ever want to watch any of them wrestle in a match again. Like, can can you not? Shawn Michaels is one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Can I please not be submitted to that torture of having him to? try to watch him wrestle at this point in his life like just let let that die let triple h die cool. let and kane die I, if if undertaker wants to keep doing these you know the boneyard like cinematic style matches that match was freaking fantastic it actually brought a lot of respect back for me for the undertaker um it's just the 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 day the undertaker ended um did you watch the first part of the last ride after? Uh, I didn't get a chance Banks? to watch it yet. It's really good. You really should. Anyone listening right now, if you if you have like the Undertaker in any way, shape, or form, part one of the last ride debuted uh, after Money in the Bank this past weekend, and it was uh, it was pretty much the three days leading up to what everyone thought was going to be, what everyone thought was his final match at. Uh, WrestleMania or Orlando, it it was really good. But um, to my point, and I think I think Veronica agrees with me on this. That is the night that the Undertaker retired. That is it. That is the end of it. Like everything else that we've unfortunately seen, short of the Boneyard match, that's not the Undertaker. That is that is not that is not the Phenom. Like that is just someone pretending. <laughs> to be and and they got very very close to making him a complete joke uh because he wasn't able to compete at the same level that he needed to after that point yeah i just yeah so to the original point you know it's not fair we had an for, original point yeah sammy zane uh oh yeah <laughs> it's you know like See, I brought it back this time. Yeah. Um, like, to the original point, like, it's it's not fair, and it's a wrong precedent that, you know, like, you're saying, you're basically saying, I don't care about your, your well-being. If you're not going to wrestle, you're not going to do this, then uh, I'm going to take your championship and basically end your push because there's no way, I mean, really... Do we see any way that Sami Zayn comes back and has a run again? I mean, it, it took him this no. long. 
to get the that championship. Five years on the main roster to to win his first championship period, not even a tag team title. Now, here's a question that I just kind of thought of while you were talking there. Do you think that this was done to maybe appease Jordan Devlin? And what I mean by that is, so Jordan Devlin has been not forced to vacate the Cruiserweight Championship, but he's he's been forced to watch as they name an interim champion because he is in because uh, he's home in Ireland and can travel to the States. And since uh, UK is not running currently, they like he has no ability to defend his championship whatsoever. So they didn't strip him of it, and they're naming an inter- or interim uh, cruiserweight champion. Do you think that? So, like, and he took to Twitter, and it was kind of, it was, I'm sure it was a work, obviously, but you know, saying that it was unfair that he was being forced to sit at home and watch as someone else claims to be the cruiserweight champion that he is. Do you think they stripped Sammy because? Sammy is voluntarily not coming to work, whereas Jordan Devlin was "quote unquote" being stripped when he has literally zero ability to get to work. Uh, I mean, it's completely possible. I mean, I, I'm I would... not saying like that. Like Devlin was like, "Well, what about Sammy? Come to work. why should he be a champion?" Period. You know, I, I doubt that. I doubt that Sammy Zayn has even crossed. Jordan Devlin's mind, but you know, someone in the back there may be thinking that same thing. Like, well, hey, I mean, it's it's a little unfair that we're naming an interim cruiserweight when someone is holding a belt hostage. Yeah, because I'm sure they actually thought about it as Sammy holding the belt hostage, unlike every other time that Brock's had the belt. So yeah, you know. Of course, they may have been like, hey, who cares? It's just the Intercontinental belt. We don't care about that belt. That one's legitimately a prop. Yeah. But, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, it, is really, it is really unfair. It, like, WWE is trying to do things that I think they think are right. I mean, there is, there is no precedent for any of this. There is no rule book for what happens when there's a global pandemic and people can't come to work. So they're trying to do what they think is right, and they're going to yeah. make a lot of mistakes along the way. And I suppose we should probably be more forgiving about certain mistakes than <laughs> than others, but uh, I but don't know. This, this one stings more because of what we've witnessed over the past few years. Mm -hmm. Like if, you know, if Brock is a fighting champion or shows up at least once a month to defend it, you know, like there used to be a, I mean, it's one of those things. Like if this happened in the eight, in the eighties or the nineties, you know, there was, there were stipulations like president Jack Tunney would come out and say, you haven't, you didn't defend your championship in this amount of time. You're stripped of it. Mm. There's already a, th- a, a precedent in place for that. But yeah. they've essentially thrown that out the window for Brock Lesnar. But and he's not, not that it. big of a draw. Like, but, he, they, he's not. And I'm just saying, they've thrown that out the window for Brock Lesnar. And yet, 
here we are, you know, and, and I mean, you can, I mean, if you're going to have that rule, then have that rule. Mm-hmm. And you can't sit there and say, oh, well, it, it only applies to the Intercontinental Championship and not to the World Championship because that makes zero sense. Uh, especially when Daniel Bryan held the championship as one as was unable to defend it for 30 days and they stripped him of it. Or it, let's, let's go ahead and say Andrade. Mm-hmm. Andrade yeah. gets in trouble and gets to hold that championship. Yeah. He got suspended for 30 days and still got to keep the championship. Exactly. Sami Zayn's literally just saying, I don't trust this virus and I don't want to put myself or people around me in danger. And I don't feel comfortable with that. And they're like, uh, you wimp, I'm taking your belt. Yeah. Like, are you serious? But yeah, in, in, in like you said, the, the precedent was already there that it has that you have to defend it within the first 30, you know, within like 30 days or so or whatever. And, and Brock Lesnar is not that big of a draw. Think back to like you were saying in the 80s, Jack Tunney would come out and lay down the law. Hulk Hogan was the biggest draw in the 80s, right? In, in WWF. You would say, oh, yeah, yeah. Hulkster Absolutely. was there every single week. Hulkster, in the twilight of his career, in two thousand two to like five, when he was in WWE. I mean, they like you. You can't tell me by that point Hulk Hogan wasn't a nostalgia already, and they gave him the undisputed championship. And guess who showed up? Every single week was defending that title during that reign. It was a it was a short reign, if I remember correctly. And ironically, I what believe the- he did lose it to Brock Lesnar, but he still showed up and defended it. Yeah, and but and Hulk Hogan things- at that point in time was still a bigger draw than Brock Lesnar is currently. You know, and I mean when. I can't even remember the last time the United States Championship was defended. I can't even, like, I mean, you know, like, there's, there's just, I don't know. Like, you have so many belts that it's like, you you know, people are, you know, like, it's A, it waters down the product, and you're like, oh, you know, you know, which one's the, which one's a real champion? Which one's, you know, the one that's really matters? You know, Mm-hmm. And luckily, right now we have we have a WWE champion and a Universal champion that are at least worthy of the titles, yep. and you know, and are fighting. And I really love Drew's character right now. Like he, I mean, for those that didn't watch that Seth Drew match, that was a really good match. But at the end of that, like he he gets up, he shakes. Seth Rollins' hand and says, thank you for the match. And that was it. Like, it's like, you know, you know, a top heel guy in, in, you know, Monday Night Messiah, and he just shakes his hand, says, thank you for the match. Like, I'm like, I like that. Like, that's an honorable, great baby face move. And I can get behind that. Yep. You know, now, like I'll I'll fight everyone, but understand that I'm doing it with respect and honor. Like that's like I don't know. Like I was blown away by that. Just something so small as just him going back in and shaking his hand. I was like, okay, mm-hmm, I'm down mm-hmm. for this. Yeah, 
Now, one final thing I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave you on. Go ahead and end the show there. So, Sami Zayn. Hold up. I'm, I'm, I, I need. I need to get some dates on this. So let's let's get in here. Get on the Wikipedia because I want to make sure that I'm right. I mean, I know I'm right, but I want to sound more intelligent than I really am. I think. Um, so, Sami Zayn on. Night one. Okay. Night one defeated Daniel Bryan, successfully defending his Intercontinental Championship. All right. Mm-hmm. On night two, Rob Gronkowski became the 24 7 champion. <laughs> so, when did they announce that Sami Zayn was vacating the title? On Tuesday? Was that Tuesday? Uh, yeah, I think. On Wednesday, they should have announced that Rob Gronkowski was going to be forced to vacate the 24-7 championship for the same exact rule. You are full of crap, WWE. The Reality Check Wrestling Podcast is calling you out right now because you cannot... I get it. (laughs) Some wrestling fans are not intelligent. (laughs) They're hillbilly hicks. But I am telling you right now that you cannot sit there and literally say that Sami Zayn is unwilling to show up to work or unable to show up to work and defend his title. So he's being stripped of it. And then someone else who is doing the exact same thing gets to keep it. Yeah. It is literally... One day apart, happening right now. But let's be honest, nobody cares about the twenty four seven. And I get it, and and that that is the argument well, right. that I know a lot of people uh, no. use is that I, it's just I, the stupid twenty four seven title, and no one cares. He could technically be defending it this entire time, but he has not been seen or even mentioned on TV. Um, or I'm sorry, he has been mentioned on TV by our uh, truth, talking yeah. about how he's going to get his title back, but our truth never takes the camera crew and a ref and, you know, heads to Tampa Bay and starts hunting down Gronk. So, yeah, you are full of crap, WWE. You know, and uh, you insult my intelligence. So I, I think, um, oh, go ahead. And, 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 I mean, you made a great point there. I think that's the, that's the real kicker. And that Sami Zayn, somebody should be re- reality checking his to alert. Uh, Sammy Zane of this injustice. Yeah, yeah. I might. Just, I don't know I though. I mean, honestly, honestly though, I feel like this could be just you know way better for. Um, I think it, it can do it could do wonders for his character, like to give him a, a real, you know, like he could use data like stuff like that, or like talking about Brock Lesnar holding the title. I mean, basically all the stuff that we just said. I mean, he can go and say the exact same things that we said and, you know, and have a legitimate gripe and could basically come back as a face. Um, and say, you know, like, powers of be, you know, and fighting oppression, but not doing it from like a whiny, you know, sort of place. Yeah, but let's be I, honest, I, they'll they'll make it be wine. They will. So. They will. I'm just saying, 
I would love to see it, you know if you're if anything good can come out of this, I feel like that would be the way to go. Yeah, I agree. So, Hunter, we know you're listening. Make it happen. <laughs> Make something happen. Do something, Jesus, please. Yeah. All right. So, um, next week, uh, we'll probably try to record sometime earlier in the week. Uh, Double or nothing. It happens on Saturday night. So, I th- I'd like to get those predictions and talk about that event prior to. Um, we still have to uh, talk about uh, our plans on how to repackage superstars. I did not forget about that. Um, and we, um, I'm going to, we're going to hopefully be scheduling a couple interviews. We've got a couple people that I'd like to actually interview, uh, for the show, for you guys, for our fans. Um, and, uh, hopefully going to be working on that in the next couple weeks. So thank you all again for listening. Um, I'm just going to kind of go through my end spiel here. So, um, you know, if you like this episode, obviously don't forget to hit that subscribe and rate buttons or whatever is available on your podcasting app if you want to hear more from us thank you all of our previous episodes are available in our archive on your apps as well make sure you do like us on instagram facebook uh twitter instagram we are reality underscore check underscore wrestling podcast that's one word uh facebook just search the reality check uh, or you can go to facebook.com slash the reality check 16 uh, I've had a couple of people able to ask me, why is it 16? Is that just because it's just a random number that they assigned? Uh, and no, actually, it's that's because technically 2016 is the year that we started this. Um, we only got a few episodes in, and I'm going to actually eventually try to bring those and, and put them, post them on here. There was only four of them, I think. But yeah, you, you guys can listen to see how far me and Jansen have come in our babbling about wrestling. Um, and you can also follow me on my personal Twitter account at Legion cage, L E G I O N K A J E. Um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the program, the reality check is sponsored by a couple of different people. We have watch Lily play. You can find her on Twitch by searching dragon Lily 21. So give her a follow and hit the notification button. So, you know, when she goes live next, she can also be found on Instagram at dragon Lily 21 underscore and Twitter at dragon Lily 21. If you like horror games, she has you covered. Uh, so definitely check her out. She has been playing a newer game called Someday You'll Return. And uh, she's going to be playing a bunch of other horror games such as like uh, Blair Witch and a couple other things. Uh, hopefully some newer ones as they come out too. Uh, we're also sponsored by Skeledud. You can find him on Twitch by searching Skeledud. S-K-E-L-L-A-D-U-D. He just achieved affiliate status, so thank you anyone who has recently followed him from our show. Uh, we appreciate it. You can check him out on Instagram and Twitter, both at Skeledud as well. Recently, he's been streaming the Batman Arkham games, going for 100% completion on Asylum City and Night. I'm also happy to announce that I will be doing a co-op stream with him on Twitch for Saints Row the Third uh, Remastered uh, once it comes out next week. Uh, more details to come about that. Uh, finally, if you get a moment, you can also find our bitter rivals over at the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast, along with other Media Junkies properties such as Fanboy Fight Club, Rogue Agents, and Why Are You a Gamer, so search them out. Um, I've already mentioned this uh, a couple weeks ago, but I will be a guest judge tomorrow night on this week's episode of the Fanboy Fight Club. Um, 
I'm looking forward to it. It is, if I remember correctly, the topic I'm going to be judging is um, highly acclaimed video game series that you hate. So it's going to get real interesting. (laughs) Yes. So hopefully everyone gets a chance to listen to that. We appreciate you listening to us. Honestly, like if I don't know if you've listened to any of the fanboy episodes. Okay, as I say, Veronica got me into listening to them, and they're actually they're actually pretty entertaining. Um, a lot more vulgar than <laughs> our podcast, um, but uh, they just they kind of like don't hold anything back for a lot of things. So yeah, but thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you. Again.